Hi everyone. So we're going to start off with some story time here. Mary had been feeling exhausted. She was a mom and a successful professional in her late 30s with a demanding job, long hours, and unrelenting pressure to succeed, all of which had been taking their toll on her physical and mental well-being. She decided it was time to give herself a break and booked an appointment for a luxurious facial. She thought this would be the perfect way to take time out and relax. But when Mary left the spa, she was surprised by how unfulfilling her experience was. As the esthetician massaged her face, she continued to think about the list of errands and tasks that she had yet to complete. When Mary returned home, she was still feeling drained. She realized that although her facial had provided her with a brief respite from her busy life, it had done nothing to address the underlying issues causing her stress and exhaustion. This experience was a wake-up call for Mary and us, signaling an opportunity for us to rethink our approach to self-care. The truth is that materialistic forms of self-care, like facials and vacations, only provide a temporary sense of relief. In this episode of Spiritual AF Sundays, we'll be looking at how we can reframe self-care as a tool to break away from hustle culture. We'll explore different ways that we can take care of ourselves, both individually as well as part of a collective. So if you're ready to embrace a more meaningful and sustainable form of self-care, grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair, and get ready for this episode of Spiritual AF Sundays, the myth of treat yourself self-care. You're listening to Spiritual AF Sundays, created and hosted by The Mystic Geek. If you're looking to explore intriguing questions about the meaning of life and our place in the universe, then you're in the right spot. We dive into topics often discussed as sound bites on social media and take a deeper look, whether it's woo topics like astrology and mysticism, or seemingly mundane matters like technology and politics, we cover it all. We explore our own thoughts and beliefs, talk to experts, and uncover hidden meanings. These fascinating areas of exploration can help us question ourselves and better understand our world. Ready to grow and explore in your spiritual journey? We're glad you can join us. It's time to start your week off by being spiritual AF. And welcome back. I am Jessica, also known as the Mystic Geek, and today we are discussing the myth of treat yourself self-care. Where did the statement come from and what does it mean? What is the impact of this way of thinking in, when it comes to our overall well-being, both on an individual and a collective level? Given the title of this episode, you can probably guess what my stance is in all of this. Finally, what can we do to break away from this thinking and embrace a more meaningful form of care? Let's dive right in. So first, let's look at the origin of the phrase, treat yourself self-care. In 2011, an episode of Parks and Recreation introduced that phrase to popular culture with two characters spending their hard-earned money on materialistic indulgences. Since then, the phrase has been co-opted by companies and advertisers to make self-care a marketable commodity. So how big is the self-care industry? According to Zippa.com, the wellness industry in the United States is valued at about $1.2 trillion in 2021. To give context, 
This amount was 28% of the worldwide wellness market that year. Further, they estimate that the wellness industry will grow at a compound annual growth rate of 5.5% per year from now to 2030. Since I brought it up in the example, let's look at spa services. According to Statista.com, spa visits in the United States have increased from 143 million in 2009 to 192 million in 2019, about a 3% annual increase. We're not talking about the cost or how much is spent, we're talking about actual visits here. So then it decreased to about 124 million in 2020 due to the pandemic. And then that number bounced back up to 173 million in 2021. Investing in ourselves is nothing new. However, this concept has been twisted from its original intent of meaningful self-care. The idea was simple. When you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, it's okay to take time out for yourself and treat yourself to something luxurious or indulgent. Hard day at work? Buy new shoes. Need a break from office stress? Book a vacation. It all sounds great, but does it really work? At first glance, treating yourself might seem like an easy way to relieve stress, but in the long run, it can be pretty harmful. Let's look at this type of self-care's personal and collective implications. On an individual level, materialistic forms of self-care can make us feel like we are taking care of ourselves, when in reality, it is often a distraction from the root causes of our distress. A facial or a vacation might be relaxing, but it won't provide lasting relief or address the deeper issues causing our pain. In other words, if we don't examine and address the underlying causes of our stress, it's only a matter of time before we find ourselves in a similar situation. Now, I'll admit, I'm guilty of buying into the concepts to a point. After a long day, I'll snag a bar of rose and lavender infused chocolate, spend an hour doing a face mask, or treat myself to a nice dinner out. However, I know that this form of self-care is a form of escapism. It's focused on short-term gratification rather than long-term solutions to what's stressing me out. I'm under no illusions that indulging in treats will magically make my problems disappear. Let's go back to the story that started this episode, Mary and her facial. While the facial was a nice gesture, it wasn't enough to help Mary break out of her cycle of overwhelm and stress. To do that, she needs an approach to self-care that focuses on the source of her distress, hustle culture. She needs to break free from the narrative of busy is good and find an alternative to the hustle. How could Mary treat herself in a way that promotes her well-being? She could reflect on her constant need to be productive. She could also look for ways to fill her downtime with restorative and meaningful activities. Mary could re-examine her need to hustle and find alternatives that work for her. Does she need to work long hours, make dinner from scratch, and cart her kids to all their after-school activities? Perhaps she could set boundaries and prioritize rest and recovery. Or is it time for Mary to outsource some of her tasks and create more space? She could hire someone to take her kids to activities, prep meals, or clean her house so that she could spend her time doing what she loves. She could even look for ways to bring more joy into her life by connecting with nature, learning new skills, or creating something that brings her fulfillment. These are all great options for Mary to examine. At the 
the same time, we must remind ourselves that not everyone has the same resources or opportunities as Mary. Being able to stand up for herself at work, outsource her home activities, and invest in leisure are all privileges that require access to things like money, education, time, and clout. It's also important to consider this self-care type's impact on marginalized groups. For many people, materialistic indulgences are not feasible or available. For example, a single mother may not have the time or money to buy new shoes or take a luxury spa day. The idea that self-care needs to be expensive and luxurious is not only false, but it's also harmful. It overlooks the actual causes of stress disproportionately affecting marginalized groups and encourages us to ignore them. You might argue that people can find ways to treat themselves within their means. For instance, if someone can't afford a pair of luxury shoes or a vacation, they may be able to afford a cup of coffee or say a slice of avocado toast. Three issues with that. First, those in power will use this argument to fuel the cycle of oppression and encourage the idea that materialistic indulgences are achievable for anyone, albeit differently scaled based on income. Can't afford a vacation at a luxury resort? That's okay. Take a staycation instead and order takeout. Is a spa day out of reach? Buy a face mask and a nice bubble bath. This type of messaging ignores the actual causes of distress and often perpetuates them, given the disparities of income and resources between various groups. The second is that we live in a society that focuses more on individual behaviors than on systemic change. You may have heard people criticize the poor for spending money on small indulgences and ignoring the real issues that make life hard for those in poverty. To those who experience poverty, getting a cup of coffee or a slice of avocado toast is not a treat. It's a necessity that makes their day-to-day lives more bearable. To them, it's more accessible than real solutions such as adequate healthcare, better jobs, and higher wages. Third, this approach treats self-care as a reward rather than a practice that should be integrated into our daily lives. It sends the message that treating yourself is an indulgence or a reward for being productive and that self-care should only come after we've completed our to-do list. That is not self-care. Self-care isn't a reward. It's an essential part of our well-being. One more point to consider in all this. Our individual actions have consequences that extend beyond us. When many adopt a treat-yourself mentality, it perpetuates a culture of consumption instead of care. We normalize that treating ourselves is the answer to our problems and ignore the need for more systemic solutions. We reinforce the normalization of materialism, which society teaches us is the norm. Trippy, huh? Don't worry, we aren't coming for your crystals, your candles, or your chai lattes, although if that's your jam, go for it. We're inviting you to peel back the layers and examine the core of self-care, understanding our needs and meeting them in a sustainable and supportive way. Self-care is not about splurging every once in a while, It's about creating a safe, healing space for yourself on an ongoing basis. It looks different for everyone, but usually involves setting boundaries, building community, and engaging in activities that bring joy, meaning, and purpose to your life. So what can we do to challenge the treat yourself mentality? 
The first step is to recognize that true self-care goes materialistic indulgences. It's about taking time for ourselves and understanding our needs, not buying things. This means finding a way to build self-compassion and care for our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. It means breaking away from hustle culture and adopting a more holistic approach to taking care of ourselves, one that considers both our internal needs and our external environment. This includes building meaningful connections, developing healthy coping mechanisms, and creating sustainable self-care practices. Well, what does that look like in practice? Here's a few ideas to get you started. First off, volunteering for an organization that supports the causes you care about. When we put our time and energy into something bigger than us, it can be incredibly uplifting. Our actions serve more than a physical purpose. They nurture us on a spiritual level. Second, take time to meditate and connect with your breath. This exercise is more than simply clearing your mind. Meditation allows you to separate yourself from the immediate moment and teaches you how to break away from thoughts that weigh down your spirit. When you become aware of your thoughts, you can actually more easily assess what matters and make choices that reflect on your values. Third, practice self-love in how you treat yourself and how you talk to yourself. Address the negative thoughts in your head with kindness and compassion, just as you would with a loved one. It can be hard to recognize our self-worth, but it's essential to start valuing yourself to make positive changes. Often, when we urge ourselves to hustle, feelings of inadequacy fuel that unhealthy drive. When we acknowledge our self-worth and accept that we are enough, we can make deliberate choices on prioritizing our time and our energy. Also, find ways to practice gratitude and kindness. There are countless ways to do this, such as writing a gratitude journal or sending notes of appreciation to friends and family. These small gestures help make a significant impact in our day-to-day life. When we reflect on the positive things in our lives, we gain greater perspective, can more easily recognize our worth, and make choices that reflect our values. When we practice kindness towards others, we remember our shared humanity and how much we all have in common. We no longer see ourselves as isolated entities, but as part of a larger community. True self-care is not a solo endeavor. Although it's essential to cultivate our individual needs, we must also consider our community's more extensive collective needs. When we realize how our individual actions affect others, it encourages us to look outward and take a more active role in our community. Community care means recognizing the interconnectedness of all of us and understanding that our actions shape our environment and those around us. We can create more equitable society by advocating for those around us and supporting social justice causes in our day-to-day lives. We can also encourage our community to take a more collective action by having conversations about the issues that concern us and mobilizing people to make positive changes. Community care means recognizing how our individual actions affect a collective and taking steps to create a more equitable society. Community care is a collective effort that encourages individuals to make positive changes in their local communities. It can include action in areas such as voting, protesting, advocating for social justice causes, and supporting those in need.
Mutual aid is when people help each other out. It can be part of community care. For example, people might help each other out by sharing food, money, and resources, or volunteering to do something that benefits the whole community. Everyone in the community can join in and work together to make it better. Providing mutual aid to others is an act of kindness and a way of showing love and understanding to our fellow human beings. It can provide a sense of purpose and well-being as it allows us to make a positive difference in the lives of those around us. Mutual aid can help build stronger communities by bringing people together and creating a sense of inclusion and belonging. The concept of mutual aid pulls care away from a transactional quid pro quo model and emphasizes the need to think beyond the individual self-interest and prioritize the collective needs. It is an essential element of community care that centers on cooperation, solidarity, and support for one another. Self-care can be more than a treat yourself days and luxury items. It is about valuing ourselves and our communities enough to practice compassion, understanding, and kindness. We can break away from hustle culture by cultivating gratitude and practicing mutual aid to ensure our collective well-being. By breaking away from a materialistic model of self-care and focusing on community care, we can create a more equitable society and ensure everyone's needs are met. It's time to start putting true self-care into practice. We can break away from hustle culture by taking small steps towards understanding what it means to care for ourselves and our communities. Start by reflecting on the positive things in your life and cultivating gratitude. Send notes of appreciation to those you are grateful for in your life. Make a conscious effort to support social justice causes and offer your time and resources to those in need. These small acts of kindness can make a real difference and create a more equitable society. We hope this episode has given you some food to examine your self-care practices so that you can live a more meaningful and connected life. If you're looking for ways to give back and positively impact your community, explore opportunities available at local organizations that need volunteers or join groups dedicated to providing mutual aid. I'm throwing this back at you, my dear listeners. What do you do to care for yourself and your community? Let us know by emailing me at jess or leaving a voice message at speakpipe.com slash themysticgeek. Curious about what we're talking about next? Join us next week on January 22nd as we discuss spirituality, submission, and power. In two weeks, on January 29th, we're going to have our first Sabbath special where we discuss in bulk and its counterpart on the wheel of the year, Lunasa. Now, go out there and get spiritual AF. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for Spiritual AF Sundays. This show is hosted by the Mystic Geek, that's me. Got comments or questions from today's episode? You can either email me at jess at themysticgeek.com or send me a voice message at speakpipe.com slash themysticgeek. Don't worry, I'll put the link in the show notes. Help others start off their week with a Spiritual AF Sunday by sharing this episode with them. Also, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help spiritual seekers find our show. So do the thing.